0: Isaiah fifty-eight six to 12 Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to show your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. He will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings.
1: Hi, friends. It is so, so good to be back with you. Um, uh, For the astute amongst you, you'll realize that um, I'm not at South Street. I'm back in my home in this lovely, blue, comfy chair. And that's because uh, one of my family members uh, has shown symptoms over the last kind of 24 hours of COVID. And so it's having to test. And so we're having to self-isolate as a family. But because of the wonder of technology, and the amazing team that we have in Oasis. We've been able to quickly adapt. So I just want to say a massive thank you to Phil, uh, to Julia, to Joe, to Keith, to many others who are in the background just making sure that we can stay connected in these moments. So now I just want to say a huge thank you to you guys as you make a massive difference to our lives. And I just enabled this moment for me to still be able to come and share, I hope, something from my home to your homes uh, to bring some encouragement. You see. We are living in a moment where we're just having to adapt a lot, aren't we? Uh, we're just having to adapt to uh, the latest news or just circumstances that are changing. And in that adapting, it, it can be tiring. And I really encourage you, please do make the use of all the uh, Janice offering in terms of living with resilience, uh, building lives of resilience, and I think it's so important this moment. Can I? keep encouraging us, let's keep focused on Jesus, Uh, let's keep uh, allowing him to fill our gaze, not our circumstances, let's keep talking to one another, uh, ensuring that we're not trying to do this alone, like reach out, text, message, call, Zoom, whatever it is, just so we can stay connected, Uh, and can I just encourage also, let's just be looking after our well-being, let's be looking uh, after how we're doing emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and relationally, I just I kind of encourage us, just check in with others and say, hey, I think this is how I'm doing at the moment. I think it's so important in this season where we're having to just keep adapting. But um, I want to pick up now uh, in this amazing passage that Emma so beautifully read. And it's within this series, uh, Recalibrate, we're going to look at this passage. And Recalibrate is all about these small, small moments of change that God is inviting us to take in our life in order that we can live more in the good of the life that Jesus offers us. And as we live in light of that, it does not only us good, but others good. And so the invitation week on week is to recalibrate. Small changes make a massive difference in respect to who we are and the good we do others. If you've been with us over the past four weeks, you'll know that we've kind of been looking at how we need to recalibrate internally. And so we've been looking at how we're seeking to abide, how we're seeking to slow down, how we're seeking to uh, simplify how we live and how we last week looked at how we're looking to live with silence and solitude. My hope is that we're kind of looking at this and starting to make some small changes in these areas and my encouragement is it's not going to happen overnight like we need to understand we're in a marathon not a sprint and it's about making manageable changes that are lasting and make a difference having looked at kind of some eternal internal ways that we need to recalibrate I want to look at some external ways uh, that we need to look at to recalibrate, some external ways that we're going to look at today in the next couple of weeks that impact how we uh, relate to others and how we relate to the society around us. And today I want to look at the whole area of justice. As we're going to see, Isaiah 58 is all about God's heart and passion for justice. See, I believe one of the things that has come about, one of the ways that God is longing for us to recalibrate our lives with, that has been highlighted through this moment of forced pause, of the first phase of lockdown we went through, and I think will then again be revealed through this second phase as we look at it, is the need to live with justice. You see, what that first phase of lockdown revealed is just moments and needs for justice, needs for justice in terms of actually choosing to lock down, choosing to get rid of some of our freedoms because we knew it was going to protect others who were vulnerable. We saw how it highlighted like the need for racial justice, the, the need for economic justice, as we saw that food banks were kind of in growing and are still in growing demand. And that care for the vulnerable, the vulnerable of the isolated, those who are elderly and saying saying, how can we, with justice and care for them and as we therefore look at a second lockdown I think it's so important that we get hold of God's heart in this as I believe God wants to give us a perspective as we live in this season a perspective that doesn't cause us to live with moments of justice but rather a lifestyle of justice that isn't about earning something from God but rather is about us understanding who God is and how God is then revealed Through our lives therefore let's pick up then in Isaiah 58 see Isaiah 58 is this amazing moment of confrontation actually if we were to read the first few verses of Isaiah 58 you discover that this longing that God then presents of what we heard Emma so beautifully read out of uh, us living with justice actually comes from this confrontation to God's people of saying look you, you say you know me You say that you're living honoring me through your worship, through uh, your devoutness to scripture or your fasting or uh, the way in which you are living morally. And yet God says, look, I want to say that, that that isn't quite adding up by how you're living, because how you're living is you're you're not taking care of the vulnerable. You're not revealing my heart for justice See, God says, like, I want you to live out of relationship with me, and that should shape how you live. And how you live, then, should be shaped in respect to justice. See, that living isn't out of earning something from God. It isn't that we act justly towards others in order to earn some credit before God. No, rather, it's that actually out of our relationship with God, we then act with justice It reveals that relationship and god presents that to these his people in the old testament israel in the same way presents it to us as followers of jesus and says actually in us following jesus our lives should be those that are shaped by justice like why well i just want to look at that briefly you see our lives should be shaped by justice is because of the life that we see The life that we see in who God is. You see, if you read the the kind of Old Testament, you'll see moment after moment of how God is revealed as a God of justice, who identifies with and seeks to uh, work on behalf of those who are vulnerable, who are oppressed, who are the refugee, uh, the fatherless, motherless, the orphan, the, the widow. He's always seeking to work for those that are vulnerable, that are marginalized, that are poor. But more than that, when you see God come onto earth in Jesus, when Jesus walks the planet, he he reveals God's heart for justice. see it through his interactions with individuals. Like he touches the untouchables, literally, like the lepers who were seen as untouchable. Don't go near them, and Jesus is with them. The, the bleeding woman who no one wants to be around, yet Jesus calls her out and spends time with her. You see it in respect to how he deals with people who are part of the system. You find that he encounters a tax collector, one who's making much of others through this corrupt system. And Jesus encounters him and transforms his life. You see it not only through his interactions with individuals, you see it through the stories that Jesus tells. Like look at the story of the Good Samaritan or a hard-hitting story of the sheep and the goats where Jesus kind of reveals that actually how you care for those that are vulnerable reveals how you care for Jesus. Like you see it in respect to not only the care the way Jesus interacts with individuals, not only the way Jesus tells stories, you see it in terms of how Jesus confronts the system around the unjust system. You see it in terms of how he speaks to the religious leaders of the day. As you find that he confronts them and says like, how are you caring for the poor and the needy? Like you see in this moment, this action where you find him in the temple and suddenly he becomes, acts in a way that we might expect him to as we find that he goes into the temple and just starts turning over the tables where people were like selling their goods and making money and Jesus kind of in that moment confronts the system like that was going to be the area where the outsiders those outside the people of God could come in and encounter God And yet there wasn't a space for them. That was the space where it's meant to be allowing people to know who God was and coming to pray before him. And yet it was a place where people were seeking to make money from others. Jesus confronted the system. But ultimately, Jesus reveals the wonder of God's heart for justice in the way that he provides. You see, you find it through his birth that jesus is born into a homeless family you find that he's actually born and, and laid in a feeding trough that's his first encounter there as a feeding trough he was born into being a refugee family a poor family and that from that you see that that characterizes his life that he identifies with those that are poor and needy ultimately in order that through his death he might o- Identify in the ultimate way by being one who was a prophet, by being one who had a liberty taken away, by being one who was uh, taken all of his clothes away. He was naked, laid on a cross, by being one who was hungry and thirsty, one who in his death ultimately identified with all who were all who are poor, all who are needy. Why? When, well, in order through his resurrection, he could offer a way that all could know the love he offers. You see, this life that we see in God of justice is then a life that we've each come to know. You see, the uncomfortable truth is this. The life that we know is one that came as a result of all that Jesus did. Because the uncomfortable truth is that you and I were or are oppressed by our self-centeredness. We're imprisoned by it. We can't find a way out. Our self-centeredness causes us to, even when we're seeking to do right, we find ourselves doing wrong. We find ourselves as those who are kind of left naked, vulnerable because of our guilt and our shame of what we've done and what's been done to us. With those who are left continuously looking for satisfaction, but it never quite coming. And yet through Jesus's death, resurrection, he makes a way to deal with the ultimate state of who we are in order that we can be liberated. Being those who are now shaped by his unconditional love. Being those who are now clothed, clothed with his unconditional acceptance and forgiveness. Being those who are satisfied, truly satisfied in the core of our being by who he is, of so knowing his joy. Not any other joy, the joy of Jesus in us. His delight, his deep satisfaction that comes and lives and resides in us. See, we're those who know a life of justice because we've received a life of justice, which as we then get to see this God who is is his heart, one who longs for justice, who's worked justice into your life, into my life. We then get to be those that not only experience it, but live from that place in order that we live lives Show justice. Like we don't live seeking to earn something. We don't live trying to muster something up. Rather, we live seeking to say, actually, in this moment, I get to reveal the justice that I know. Like it gives a perspective on this moment. It gives a perspective that on Thursday, as we enter lockdown, we get to know. Actually, this is a moment where I get to choose to reveal justice. As I seek to deny myself of my liberties in order to protect others in their vulnerability, like what a way of seeing it. Like through this passage, then if we jump back in terms of Isaiah fifty eight, God then reveals, like, well, how then do you live with justice? Well, firstly, he says, like, it causes you to have a perspective in how you see. That's what it does. It changes your sight. It find in verse seven that it causes us to see others as equals like it says like see the wanderer or you could translate the refugee the same as your family family uh, your blood relative like see them the same like see them the same as you why because all of us are made in god's image therefore as you look around as we look around at those around us we see those who are equal. Those who are bearers of God's image. It's only that we see them as equal. It's also that we see them in their need and we identify them. Like God says again in verse 7, like, do you see the hungry? Do you see those needing clothes? Do you see those in prison, those oppressed? But to be those who see them around us, to see the isolated at this moment. I remember during the first phase of lockdown, like meeting an elderly lady who's a neighbor of mine at our park very early in the morning. And as we saw she distanced somewhat, I called out hello to her. At that point, she spoke to me, she said, You're the probably the only person I'm gonna to speak to today. And so i made a moment of just having a conversation with her. Why? Because suddenly I could see, I could see her situation. And had a conversation with her. Because as we see, then next we get to act. See, God says in this passage, like, as you act, just share of who you are, share of your resources. Therefore, as you see the hungry, feed them. Like, as we know there's a need in food banks, let's just buy extra that we have in order that we can feed others. Share our resources. Share our time. Like, for me, in that moment, as I saw an elderly lady in the park, like, I could kind of just thought, oh, well, there's someone. Just move off. I've got other things to do. No, in that moment, I'm choosing to share my time and say, hey, hello. Like, it isn't more dramatic than that. Like, just simply saying hello causes to share some of the wonder of the justice that God wants to bring. Just sharing of our resources, our time, and I'd say it's sharing of our influence. There can be that in that moment of saying, actually, as we see someone, in their oppression or in their um, isolation or even in their imprisonment, that in those moments or that society is stacked against them, we're going to use our influence. Maybe that's in writing a letter to our MP. Maybe it's just simply in writing a text to an individual to say, you're not alone. But it's also that we be those, not only see, not only act. I love this. It's towards the end in uh, verse uh, 12, I think it is. Yeah, verse 12. But we get to be those who bring hope. Like as we reveal God's justice and God's heart for justice, we bring hope. We get to be those that uh, God promises that are about rebuilding and restoring like how good is that that the small actions that you and i take seek to restore the individual seek to rebuild society in the fashioning of who god is as the god of love and goodness like doesn't that give a big perspective to the small actions that we take like we're, we're not about tearing down and destroying like that's quick it's easy but pointless No, no we're about rebuilding and restoring What a way to see Thursday. Thursday isn't a limitation of my abilities. It's rather a moment where I'm seeking to restore and rebuild. And that's how it's going to characterize me as I move on. But not only are we those, therefore, who get to live this life showing justice. There is provision for life as we live it. Vision for life you see it in verse 11 of isaiah 58 where god promises that he's going to bring wells that bring strength and provision like how good is that that it isn't that we've got to just work hard and like try and use all the energy we can because if we do that we are doomed to failure but rather god says as you live this way i will provide everything you need Like, it will feel like sometimes it's like the desert around you, yet I will cause you to be what? An oasis. Oh, is that not so good? That you and I can get to know the provision of God every day to live a life of That The Holy Spirit is longing to meet with you, is longing to meet with me to provide everything we need for this season. Like, doesn't that lighten the load? God is longing to bring justice. God wants to use you and I to bring justice, and he's going to provide everything we need to do that. Like, just breathe out for a moment. It's good. God has what we need. I just want to leave us with just some practical steps we can take then I'm going to list seven things I think can help us as we seek to try and recalibrate our lives in order that we make small changes that cause us to live lives that are about justice see firstly i say it's about spending time catching god's heart and hope for justice i don't take my word for it go look through scripture how god's heart burns for justice secondly let's look and notice those around Let's have eyes to see others as equals and to identify with their situation. Let's thirdly be those who pray prayers of lament and breakthrough. Sometimes it's harrowing. You see situations you think, this just isn't okay. And I think it's important just to come back to God and say, this isn't okay. It breaks my heart. Then praying, God, would you come and break through? And am I part of that breakthrough? As fourthly, let's take sustainable steps in how you and I share our resources, our time, and our influence. And that'll be different for each of us. Don't ever compare yourself. Comparison kills. Like, what's the sustainable steps that you and I can take to share our resources, our time, and our influence? Fifthly, can I encourage us to reach out when we're in need? Like, sometimes it isn't that we need to work for justice that we need justice let's be a community that are quick to reach out to one another sixthly let's make time daily to receive god's provision god has everything you and i need let's make time daily to receive it and then seventhly, 7th seventh let's be patient with others remembering the goal is restoration and rebuilding like, can I encourage you? I'm going to read that again. Be patient with others, remembering the goal is restoration and rebuild. It takes time. So be patient with them. God invites us this week to calibrate, to recalibrate our lives through small changes that cause us to live lives of justice that do us good and will do others good. Okay, just wherever you are, I don't know where you are sat, in your lounge, your study, dining room, sat on your bed in your bedroom, why don't you just close your eyes, just put your hands out, It's a way of just receiving from God. Just if I was in your room now and I was about to give you a gift, you wouldn't kind of keep your hands tied to your waist, you'd be just like, yeah, I want to receive what you have, and it's just the same as we come before God, we just open our hands and say, we receive what you have and I just want to pray for us now in each of our homes. Father, I pray for every individual. I thank you that you know everyone by name. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we're living with at the moment. And I, Father, I pray, would we each know a friend. Your heart for justice. I pray, would we each know afresh your heart for justice in our lives? That your deep desire that we be those that live liberated, that live accepted, that live satisfied. Ask Holy Spirit, would you come and would you do that? Would you bring that reality deeper and deeper into our hearts? And God, I pray that as we live feeding more and more on the justice that you've shown us. I pray, God, would you give us all we need to be those that work for justice? I pray, God, that as it's coming Thursday, will mean a high cost for some of us. As we know, we're going to be living isolated. Would you come and give us everything we need? I pray for all of us that we'd be looking out for one another, seeking to care and love one another, I pray also would you cause us to be those that use all that we have to make a difference to those around us. Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh commissioning this coming week that we would be your soul, your light in this world, revealing the wonder of God's heart for justice for every individual. I ask this for your glory, Jesus, and I pray go with everyone In each of our unique places, through the communications, through the conversations we're going to have this coming week, would we reveal your heart for justice for every individual? I ask that for your glory, Jesus. Amen.